And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. School's out for the summer. School's okay. out for 74 days. Where's, where's, where's the full-blown nerd DC treatment when something actually calls for it? I decided to just go off the cuff there, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson, decided just to ad-lib a little there right on my feet. Did you, DC Matthews, at DC Matthews, N? A-I. I did indeed. My last day of school is today. The classroom is empty. Everything is put away. No more you must pencils. must be feeling pretty high. No pretty more Pretty high books. on life. And the only thing that could have made my day better was to podcast with my man, Doc Manson. And here we are. We have just finished the first ever NAI Network exclusive. Perhaps the last ever NAI Network exclusive. I came up... I came up with another hashtag. Oh, man. Hashtag DDT train wreck. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I'm surprised you didn't do... I'm surprised you didn't go with hashtag Doc Talk and try to just push me out of it completely. And the NAI Network exclusive is just you. I have my own plans for Doc Talk. Good. I would like to hear it because I'm waiting for you to criticize the fact that I did another buy the book the other day. And I'm like, you've got the ability to do this. Just start recording your own stuff. Yeah, but I don't think anybody wants to listen to it. I discur. In fact, I think that the discourse that occurs between the two of us, the back and forth, the chemistry, the gregarious nature, I, 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 I don't know, I feed on that. I kind of feel like that's what <clears throat> that's what the audience likes to hear. I, I would agree that the audience is here more for, as I said on the NAI Network show, this is going to be the problem is I'm going to wind up repeating myself a lot. Because I have no original ideas. Um, no. no. Is that, you know, people come here for the discourse and the and the relationship that we've acquired over the last 15 years or so. But at the same time, I do think if you broke free of that and went off into your own and allowed your creative juices to start flowing by yourself... Oh, that's that's nasty. Oh, come on. I'm trying to <laughs> encourage you to... I'm trying to promote some positivity, darn it. Well, that's going to be like one of the few pieces of positivity on this show this week. <clears throat> oh, come now. It is the Money in the Bank prediction I am... and production show. It's going to be a great night see, of wrestling. It is going I'm... to be a great night of wrestling. I'm going to try my hardest to let you convince me to be positive. But i got to tell you, I am not feeling a lot of what WWE is doing recently. We can I, get into that, but... I'm talking about on paper. I'm holding up to the camera, which apparently I don't know where the camera is here. I'm on paper with one exception. Maybe two. This card looks very solid. As a wrestling fan, what you might need to do, because I understand, I understand, on NAI Pod this week... They talk about, you know, they were a little too negative almost, but they talked about the problems WWE is having. And even as the Pope of Positivity, let me say, there are problems in world wrestling entertainment. No lie. But if you look on paper, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches that don't feature women, because I'm sorry, you're not going to get me excited about Charlotte and Dana Brooke versus Becky Lynch and Natalia. 
Not gonna happen. Not gonna do it. Uh, don't you think it's pretty great that they kind of equate Dana Brooke with Becky Lynch? I honestly, since Dana Brooke arrived, I mean, so both of them came into this feud as sidekick right, characters. Let, let me get let me get the negativity out of the way. Um, what was the last pay per view? Payback, um, Extreme no. Rules, Extreme Rules. Yeah, yeah, it was extreme, extreme Rules. Yeah, extreme rules. <clears throat> when Dana Brooke showed up on Extreme Rules, I stopped watching women's wrestling again. I was back in. <clears throat> even Ric Flair. Even Ric Flair was not enough to dissuade me from watching. Dana Brooke shows up, and I don't care, Laz, that you like Dana Brooke and you're giving her a shot. Great. I love that you're positive about it. I hope, hey. she, I hope she wrestles circles around everyone and... and, and, and Changes I my opinion. This. I will say this about Dana Brooke. I don't especially appreciate her, but I thought that her teaming with Emma in NXT was actually serviceable um, for both of them. Well, and, and this is my point. She came up with Emma. Then Emma got hurt. Not Dana Brooke's fault. So they put her with Charlotte, which is a bit of a reach, but in a short-term piece, I think that's fine. And the fact that there was some dissension between the two of them on Monday is even better. If I'm writing the show, Money in the Bank, if I'm on the creative team, Dana costs her the match, Charlotte beats her up, and she goes back to NXT. Where she belongs. I'm not saying she's not going to be a good talent someday. Right now, she's not. She needs to be in development where she belongs. Why do you say that? What what about her level of talent do you think... I'm not wild. I'm not wild about her ring work. I'm not wild about her ability on the microphone. She's got a striking look that is fine. Her look. She has a striking look. I, I think. I think her mic work is love it or hate it. I don't think that's ever going to get any better. I think she she plays that character to the point where I don't want to listen to her. But I don't see that developing. I don't see that getting any better. That's just the character that she's portraying. Do you disagree? Do you think that there's possibility for that to to change over time? I think everyone can improve on the microphone. I think the you know the ability to adapt to a situation, crowd work, all of that kind of stuff gets better. Oh yeah, because Charlotte is so good with the crowd work. She's better than she was. The crowd used to she's totally... still pretty bad. That, come on, just going back a couple weeks, the promo that she did with Ric Flair in that ring, sending him away, she was terrible. Did you look at her facial expressions or the tone of her voice? Like, she... I didn't she watch has, it. She has no ability to react to the crowds. None. The crowd She's can, completely the crowd can fluster her. The crowd can fluster her. And I'm not saying that, but... Here we go. What Charlotte lacks in Mike's skills... And I'll admit there's a deficit there. <clears throat> she makes up for in what I consider to be supreme in ring work. If Dana Brooke was an outstanding I'm gonna disagree with that. wrestler, that's fine. You can disagree. I think Charlotte can be carried to outstanding ring work, but I think she needs to have an excellent opponent protecting her to do so. We've had this conversation on the show before. She had those great matches in NXT, we think, you know, with Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, Bailey, and so forth, because they held up their end of the bargain. You put Charlotte in there with uh, 
with um, uh, Nikki Bella, and I'm sorry, you can talk about the improved ring work of Nikki Bella all you like, but those matches were nigh unwatchable. I disagree. <clears throat> I actually enjoyed those matches. That was one of the few Nikki Bella matches. Now, granted, I'm not an expert on Nikki Bella, but I enjoyed those matches, and I think it was, I think it was. All fun. right, well, well, back to Dana Brooke. I mean, her in-ring talent, even still, I don't think is that bad either. I mean, she's not great. I wouldn't put her on the same pedestal as any of those great women's wrestlers I just talked about. I wouldn't even put her on the same level as Charlotte. I think she is rusty. I think you're right there. Um, or green, I guess is the word to use. But, I mean, you look at some of the other women that they brought up. Well, I mean, not brought up. But, I mean, Eva Marie was on the main roster for a bit. Lana was on the main roster. I mean, they haven't really been pushing them recently. They've fall, kind of fallen off you know, the charts. The Taminas, the Naomis, etc. But I don't really right. think Dana Brooke falls too far behind any of those. So, so let's play a quick game here. And I'm, I'm aiming somewhere. Uh, pick one. Dana Brooke or Becky Lynch. Oh, God. That's actually a really hard choice for me. Um, what's just overall, you're saying? Ring work. Let's just do ring work. As a wrestler, Dana Brooke or Becky just Lynch. Just ring work? Okay, it's got to be Becky Lynch then. Okay. Uh, Dana Brooke or Natalia. I guess Natalia, but she hasn't done anything that's excited me in that ring in years. Dana Brooke or Sasha Banks? Sasha Banks. Dana Brooke or Naomi? Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke or Paige? Paige. Dana Brooke or Tamina? Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke or Summer Rae? Dana Brooke. Okay. <clears throat> Dana Brooke or Stephanie McMahon? Um, in ring work? Yes. We're going to have to go with uh, Dana Brooke on that one. <clears throat> well, it's funny that I brought can you that point up. Me, can you point me to any Stephanie McMahon matches? Because uh, I'm... She wrestled one of the Bellas. I believe it was Brie. I want to say it was oh, Summer, yeah. SummerSlam 2014. And she that held the terrible. women's title. That was terrible. <clears throat> she held the women's title way back in the day. This is why we have to go back and watch Stephanie's career. You want to talk about an NAI Network exclusive? We watch some of Stephanie's career, and you comment on it. Alright. Now she appears to be stripping the pants off of Trish Stratus and spanking her in the middle of the ring. DC, how comfortable are you with this? Not very, but mm. that's okay. doesn't take Sorry, much. I'm getting us off topic while staying on topic. You were bringing <laughs> All up right. Stephanie I, McMahon. I, I was trying to move over to the Stephanie McMahon. You know what I miss? What's the thing that? I miss about DDT Wrestling is when we would start this show and we would talk about pumpkin spice or or coffee or or, or horror movies or, or whatever for the first 15 to 20 minutes of this show. What is, what is with us talking about wrestling in the opening segment of this show these days? <clears throat> I am getting sick of it, DC Matthews. Well, and the reason is because on the NAI Network exclusive show, we talked about what we should talk about for the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show, and it reminded you of the way things used to be. I think wrestling got better. Shane McMahon showed up. All of a sudden, you know, he was running raw. There were his exciting things. You were really positive about it. This is what happens. Once wrestling starts letting you down, you want to talk about other things. And we can talk about other things. 
we're coming up into you know it's it's going to be grill season. We can talk about grilling. We talked corn on the cob last week. I'll have you know we didn't open we did. the show with it necessarily. No, we did not. But I want to talk Stephanie McMahon because she did a Facebook Q and A to promote her book. Now, um, have you pre-ordered the book yet, or should I do it for you? Um, I'm fine without having a copy of that book. Can I read it to you on the show? Um, only if you want me to set you on fire. Fire, fire. Um, so let's see. Let me just. I want to just share some highlights. Yeah. So I will just say I have not seen this interview. That's fine. I don't well, think I've really seen I could, too much. I could about play it. it because apparently it was video one, so I could you could listen to her talk about it. But I thought I'd save you that. I'm good. And I'm do good. it for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, she was asked about the toughest promo she's ever cut, and her favorite things to do in wrestling are cut promos, interact, and get reactions from fans. Okay. Uh, let's see. She I mean, I, that that is, you know, pretty much the entire cornerstone of what a performer does in this business. So I guess that makes some amount of sense, that she would enjoy doing those things. Mm-hmm. All right, I accept that. <clears throat> Why did she write her book? Because she wanted to give back to the WWE universe the unique experiences she's had. Nobody asked for it, Stephanie. Nobody asked. Now, we may have talked about this before. Um, Do you think we'll get all of her unique experiences? No. We're not going to hear one word about Macho Man Randy Savage. I don't think he makes it in the book at all. Mm -mm. If you look in the index, you won't find his name. Um, Let's see. Her favorite rivalry. Well, every time she has had the privilege to step into the ring, it has been special. She knows she isn't the greatest wrestler, so having the privilege to get into the ring and try to do what the other stars do is an incredible thrill. Okay. And then, the real reason we're doing this. Uh, Will she ever get back into the ring? Well, that is up to the decision makers, but she would love to. She is the decision maker. As long as it helps develop someone else and get them over... That is the ultimate goal of her character, is to help develop someone else and get them over. Huh. How about that? So how do you feel? How, how is she doing on that goal? How is she progressing on her goal to, to help develop stars and get them over? Let me think. Um, last week... She did a very good job of emasculating Teddy Long on Raw and then sending him packing. I mean, you know, he's not a current talent, so she's certainly not somebody who she should be concerned with getting over. Um, so let's see, is she getting over Shane McMahon? Who? Um, no, I don't really think so. Shane McMahon's over on his own. So um, is, he, is she now getting over... Roman Reigns? No, no. I guess maybe she might have done that at WrestleMania, maybe. But I don't. I don't really think anybody feels more positively about Roman Reigns because she took a spear from him. Um, I don't. Um, DC. What in the blue hell is she talking about? Because who is she getting over right now in wrestling? Who? Can, can you give me one example? Cool. Cor- corporate Kane, our good friend, Corporate Kane. Uh-huh, because he's a guy who needs to get over. Right. 
A guy who's who's on television once a month these days when they need when they need a cameo. Kevin right. Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens needs a lot of help. Oh yeah, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, right? Um, didn't she? Um, well, I, I I can't even make words anymore. DC, <clears throat> that's fine, and that's really. But really, All I wanted to can, do. can can you give can you give me an example no. of somebody? No. Can you give me an example from the <clears throat> past year of somebody she helped get over? I mean, I don't even know if it was in the last year, but whenever that was that Survivor series when when Dolph Ziggler got them fired, like no. how is that getting any of those guys I over? S- they came back immediately and then crapped all over all of them. Like, how is that helping anybody get over? How is her going out there and slapping down members of the road crew getting anybody over? What, how does anything she do get people over? I suppose I could make a case maybe that she has helped in some modicum of a way to get Roman Reigns over in the past year. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, except mm. I don't I would argue with the fact that he's over. You know, when think, she when she was I, on the top of that whatever entrance skull thing, she was on the bridge and she cut that vicious promo about how the authority was so much better than everyone, and then Roman Reigns spears her and then defeats Triple H and wins the title. I suppose that was Were you watching that match? I'm sure if you go to the network now and watch it, it's it plays very differently. But I seem to remember at WrestleMania, because mind you, this was now one in the morning when this match was playing out, and the nine-plus hours of WrestleMania that they decided was a good idea to put on this year. Um, the crowd was dead because they didn't care about the match at all. And when she took that spear, as I recall, there was little to no audible reaction that played on the television. I'm sure you go back and nap, listen, watch it now. I'm sure there is an uproarious reaction that they edited it in later because they love to do that stuff, rewriting history on all of their um, little things. But at the time, I don't think it helped anybody get over because nobody was interested. Nobody was watching anymore. Okay, so I, I, I don't really know necessarily that that was anything that helped anyone, especially not at that point in time. The, the, the timing of that was completely off. So I, I don't even know if I can agree with that. I agree with you in concept. That was designed to get over Roman Reigns, although I don't think it was very effectual. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have to say, that part struck me as a little odd, and I knew if it struck me as a little odd, it would melt your brain. So I had to share it. <clears throat> but you bring up another topic that I'd like to kind of shimmy on over to if I could and that is this idea like you said Wrestlemania had gone on for seemingly nine plus hours um, which brings us to the idea and we'll get to the predictions and productions we will get there I assure you uh, later in the show but um, the rumor word on the street the hip jive is that SmackDown may be getting their own pay-per-views. We might be seeing Raw and SmackDown having... SmackDown presents the Great American Bash. Yes, and then Raw presents Armageddon. And then... uh, And both of these happening in the same month. So we could now see a world with three hours of Raw, 
two hours of SmackDown, at least an hour of NXT, and then at least twice a month, not counting takeovers or network specials, like the Cruiserweight Classic. And if you want more information on the Cruiserweight Classic, if you want to know our opinions on the Cruiserweight Classic... That'll be part of our NAI Network exclusive this week, so head on over to the NAI Network on Saturday, and that's what you'll be hearing from us. But we'll then have twice a month pay-per-views. So I believe Magnum, our good buddy Magnum, at Magnum NAI, uh, did the math, and it possibly will turn out to be 66 hours of WWE wrestling. Although I think it's wrestling altogether, because I think he counted Lucha Underground uh, and perhaps Ring of Honor in there as well. Um but it's about 60 hours of wrestling a month. Yeah. Uh-huh. How do you feel about that? I'm not going to watch it. Although, I will say, if you go back to DDT Wrestling Archives and you start listening to some of our older shows, there was definitely a time, probably around the time that they were doing Beast in the East, um, they were you know, recording and airing house shows um, on those off weeks where we said that that was a good idea. We said that we could be game for having an event every two weeks. We weren't sure whether or not it should be a full-blown pay-per-view. I think we were just saying, well, why don't they just broadcast their house shows? And if you feel like watching it, then there's content for you to watch. So I do see a fundamental difference. It's not just another three hours of content. Because this is now something that ties into storylines that you are expected to watch to progress what's currently happening in the product as opposed to being something that happens to be on should you happen to be home and wanting to watch some wrestling. So, very different intentions and ultimate outcomes for sure. Um, but yeah, it's... DC, you looked at me like I was crazy when, I first, when we first heard about the brand split and SmackDown going live, and I said, I don't think I'm going to watch both shows. You said, oh, come on, you got to watch them both. you got to watch them for the neighbor. you got to watch them for the show. And, you know, you appealed to my, to my judgment during that episode, and I still kind of think, well, I'll give it a shot for a while. But, man, I lived that last brand split. I know how this goes. It's too much. There's going to be one show that I don't care about the main event, and then there's going to be a show that has Stephanie McMahon. And then there's going to be a show that has Michael Cole on commentary. And hopefully all those things align onto one show so then I can feel good about just watching the other show. But it's a lot of wrestling. It's a lot of commitment. I start looking at WWE, and you know the rumor is they're going to go for three hours on SmackDown as well. So now you're talking about six live hours a week, plus NXT, plus the occasional pay-per-views twice a month like Lucha Underground and it's one hour a week starts looking real good it starts looking like to me like oh man I really wish they would do a second hour and just leave it at that because then I would have just enough wrestling in my life um yeah I don't know I mean how do you feel about it that's a lot of wrestling it is a lot of wrestling and I am one of those people who doesn't mind having a lot of wrestling. But I think this is, you know, and and we kind of allude to it on our network show this week. WWE looks like they're trying to um, appeal to the broadest audience possible, which is why they're doing something like the Cruiserweight Classic, because that might get people to fork over their $9.99 just to watch something like that, just to watch some of those type of shows. Not watching regular Raw, regular SmackDown, 
but just watching those kind of special events or something like that or the archives you know of wrestling which I delve into on a regular basis um, but I'm never going to complain about more wrestling are there pitfalls? Certainly and we can talk about those potential pitfalls as we go but in a world with DVR in a world in with- a world with DVR sorry to cut you off sorry to railroad you it's what I do on the show but in a world with DVR At least I can only stay for it. I can only stay up until 9.30 10 o'clock watching Raw I don't get up early 4am to finish Raw Tuesday morning I'm watching Raw on DVR Tuesday night when I get home from work oh geez what's on Tuesday nights now and live Smackdown I'm not going to watch it for 3 hours I know it's only 2 right now right they haven't officially gone to 3 but if they go to 3 what am I going to do I'm going to watch it till 9.30 10 o'clock and then I'm going to have that left over by the time I'm watching that on Wednesday oh wait I'm not going to watch it on Wednesday because it's time for Lucha Underground and NXT oh so maybe I'll watch maybe I'll finally get to Raw on Thursday night and then I'll finish Smackdown after that oh but we're supposed to be recording this podcast so we can release it on Friday mornings when am I going to watch this when I think what people are going to start to do in the DVR world, and people are going to start to be judicious with their fast-forward button, which I think is easier to keep a positive attitude if you do it. I do not watch all 180 minutes of Monday Night Raw. I don't. And part of it's because I go to bed early, and sometimes I wake up at 4 in the morning to watch. So I'm only interested in the things that I choose to care about and that's what I watch. So if there's a match on and it's But how do you know if you care about it if you're not watching it? I look at it and I go, "Okay. You know, here is a say, you know, here is this uh Corporate Kane <coughs> has you shown never up. Would, have, would you ever have watched Corporate Kane? I was very excited. I didn't watch any of Raw live Monday night. I went to bed really early. And I got up the next morning, and I was watching the segment with Stephanie and Shane, because I'm interested in Shane McMahon, and all of a sudden, Corporate Kane showed up, and I'll tell you, and this is probably a side topic, I was happy to see him. It had been long enough, he had been off of our... He had been off of our televisions a long enough time, I was happy to see him. When he pulled out his letter of recommendation from The Undertaker, I lost my mind. I was so disappointed that they did not read it on Mm -hmm. the air, because that would have been hilarious. Um, You know, and again, side topic, judicious use of characters, but... Then you get to a match, and, you know, I was about to skip through the whatever Titus O'Neil match was going to be. Titus O'Neil came out, and I started to fast-forward, and then I saw Rusev attacking him, so I went back and watched that. And, you you know, you kind of skip over the things that you don't care about. Charlotte and Dana Brooke came on my screen. Oh, fast-forward, fast-forward, fast-forward. Apparently, I missed a pretty decent match, although it was only 2 minutes and 30 seconds, with Paige and Charlotte. If I want to, I'll go back and watch that. But you you focus on the things you care about. And I think this is what's going to happen, like you said, with you and wrestling. You like Kevin Owens. So you're going to make sure to watch whatever Kevin Owens is doing on Raw or SmackDown. You don't like Stephanie McMahon. You're probably going to avoid whatever she's doing on Raw or SmackDown. And I think you'll overall have a much happier time. Is it going to affect? Is it going to affect the topics we discuss on this show? Maybe, but at the same time, I do not want us to devote so much time to wrestling that we begin to dislike it. 
I don't have that kind of mindset, though. Like, I understand, just fast forward what you like, but I'm kind of of the opinion, you don't know what you like until you give things a chance. And even people that you don't like one week have the ability to win you over. I'm not so sure about Stephanie McMahon, but it applies in other instances for sure. Um, and on top of it, this is you know part of the reason why I have trouble imagining me really getting into the Cruiserweight Championship, uh, I'm sorry, Cruiserweight uh, Classic, is why I have trouble getting into you know older style uh, archives. I, wrestling matches don't hold a lot for me. Uh, I like wrestling matches. The X Division wowed me back in the early days of TNA. And, like, don't get me wrong, I appreciate a really well-crafted match. I do. But I think the thing that keeps me watching wrestling are the storylines, the goofiness, the things in between. And that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, I want to watch and see how Dana Brooke being out there and maybe doing something really awful and stupid... I mean, could be vastly more entertaining than watching Alberto Del Rio in yet another match against one of the other competitors in the Money in the Bank match. Um, so I just I just don't know how I would decide to use that fast-forward button. I, it's just not, it's not what I normally... It's not part of my makeup. It's not part of my DNA. Well, and that's fine, but here again... You may, and again, let's point out this is all speculation. We are basing this on what Jerry Lawler told a fan who then reported it on Twitter. <clears throat> Jerry Lawler said there's going to be separate pay per views. That doesn't mean there are, it just means that's what he said. Same thing with, you know, somebody said that we're going to have two champions. Somebody said that USA wants SmackDown to have a third hour. This all could be complete hot air, and none of this happens. <clears throat> but if we're in a situation where. You're doing that. Are you really going to forsake an entire show? Because you could. You could stop watching, let's say, Raw. Let's say Kevin Owens moves to SmackDown. Right now, I don't watch SmackDown. No, but but, but here's what I'm saying. You could stop watching SmackDown, or stop watching Raw, only watch SmackDown, and then watch the Raw pay-per-views, because it's not like they don't show you the vignettes beforehand to tell you the story. You're right. And people are going to take advantage of social media. Right now, Chip, our good buddy Chip, at Chip KNAI, went and watched the Kurt Angle versus Zack Sabre Jr. match that was took place in the UK, I think, over the weekend, because everybody was talking about it. So if everybody's talking about that thing Dana Brooke did on WWE then we might go back and watch it. We might dig through the you know your DVR queue and find it and watch it. You know, I think wrestling is no longer going to be, at least for me, because you're right, I'm going to have the same problems you are. Wrestling is not necessarily going to be a, I have to see it right when it happens in order to appreciate it. I'm going to have to go through my own internal debate. Which is so on... funny. I mean, not to cut you off again, but I mean, that's that to me, that's hilarious. It, it's hilarious that that's what they're doing. They're, they're finally going live. For these shows, what we what we want them to be live because that adds intrigue to these things. But they're going live in such a big bad way that we're never going to watch it live. We're going to DVR it and watch it the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the point of going live then? Uh, well, you know what I mean? They're just shooting themselves in the foot. If SmackDown had stayed on Friday nights but conti- but went live, so we're going live. But what is that? This is a meatball grinder. Well, that's more of a sandwich. I was going to say, it's not a grinder. That's not a grinder roll. I didn't know you hadn't eaten yet. Oh, well, um, 
the podcast ghost came in and uh, delivered. Ooh, I'm gonna have to make a drop. Spooky. Oh man, I forgot. Oh, Excuse me. The greatest addition to podcasting ever. Um, a soundboard. Yeah, I got the. It's called. <laughs> it's called the big button box. Okay. Some coworkers use it. You're fired. Did you hear that? Who was that? I heard it. The big button box. It's just Who a bunch. Firing you. It's just a series of sounds that oh. do, that don't mean anything, and I have to play with it. But <laughs> this is not going to turn into an early morning radio show. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Bingo! <laughs> DDT in the morning with DC and the Doc. Gimme, 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 gimme. Oh yeah. Only on DDT in the morning. Oh my! <laughs> Scandalous. Yes. All right. Anyways, I've lost complete. Oh, we were talking about we're uh, you're eating a meatball sandwich, which then led to me remembering the big button box, which I will have to explore more later. But yeah, <clears throat> I was just saying that they're going live at a time when they're forcing us to use our DVR. Ah, and the question I was asking: so if SmackDown stayed on Fridays but went live? Live Friday Night SmackDown, live Monday Night Raw. Would it change your experience? That would be more manageable, yes. I think the problem that they're having is they're moving to Tuesday nights. And I know they're trying to keep their schedule where they can still do weekend house shows and then do TV. But that is asking a lot of us. Three-hour pay-per-view. Have you heard this meme? There's a meme that goes around where people frequently say, Man, the WWE hates their fans. And I don't know if there's any truth to that statement necessarily, but it doesn't that just seem like a decision? Moving it to Tuesday, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world for your talents, but like in terms of your audience, isn't that like the worst possible decision? I mean, the only worst possible thing you could do would be airing them head to head on the same night, right? I mean, like, I don't know. Sir, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I heard it. Um. Yes. <clears throat> I, I, they're making it difficult, and we'll figure out a way to make it work. You know, that's, that's the thing. It'll, maybe it'll be, you know, some of us use Fast Forward. Maybe it'll be you'll pick a brand, and you'll only watch the pay-per-view. You know, asking us to watch two pay-per-views every other Sunday or something like that, not a huge requirement. A lot of people wind up missing pay-per-views. They're kind of, it's Sunday, and you're like, man, I wish there was a pay-per-view tonight, something I could get excited for, so I wouldn't have to think about the fact that i got to go back to work on Monday. But I think this is a lot. And at the same time, I'm kind of excited about it. I'm excited that it's something new. It's got us all talking. And yeah. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if there's there's flaws, they'll fix it. One thing I do question, though, was it wise for them to announce this two months in advance? Uh, I don't know. Like... They love doing this. They love pe- keeping people in suspense, like pretending like we don't know what's going on. Again, they hate their fans. They like not giving them any answers and just stringing them along. But my problem with it, DC, my, my big problem with them stringing us along on this is just like with NXT take over the end. Well, guess what? The end came and went, and we never got any satisfying answer about what the hell that name was about. Oh, it's the end of the beginning, with no explanation of what that means. 
Sorry, I accidentally pushed the button. <laughs> I was trying I was to find. Some, I was trying to find something to agree with you with, or an agreeing thing. And you know, this again, I got to play around with this. I just got it. But uh-huh. I, I, what I'll say is, <laughs> I expected that to sound differently than it did. I, I suspect that you are uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm putting it down. I'm putting it down, yeah, and I'm walking away. But, but um, seriously, though, th- they do this all the time. They string you along, and then they never give you any sort yes. of satisfying payoff. Well, and it's and it's it's all about buzz. That's the whole thing with the hatch. You know, we were expecting the hatch to be something, and yes, Goldberg's in the game, which is exciting, and Jason Maltov cried yeah, a well, little bit. But fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Well, the point is, you can't fool me again. To quote our great president. <laughs> George Bush Jr. Um, so, again, when are we going to stop falling for this? When are we going to stop talking about it? There's nothing exciting going on here. The brand split's going to happen. Shane's going to run one. Steph's going to run the other. Don't stop. You're bringing people back on a weekly basis. Nostalgia playing us with Teddy Long and having corporate gain show up. It doesn't mean anything. One of you is going to run one show. One of you is going to run the other one. Who cares? Like, you're going to leave this on for two months? Well, and, that, and that's part of my point. You know, the ratings, and we've talked ad nauseum about the ratings, and I don't want to go into too much detail on them again, but one of the things... My opinion has not changed. No, neither is for mine, but the ratings were really low, and I'm like, you're going up against game, whatever it was, five or six of the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's going to get a little low. But at the same time, why should I care? And I do. But why should a fan care about what happens now when everything changes in three or four weeks? Well, as soon as they do the draft, they've got to change everything. They've got to start over with new feuds, potentially. People are split up. So, yeah, we're going to have one Money in the Bank winner. Although, Can you imagine a world where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are on opposite rosters and can't talk, fight, or interact with each other for a year until the next draft? It depends on how they play it. And if they have, you know, I I saw on Twitter today that um, WWE has trademarked Clash of the Champions, which was a a TV show, a televised event back before, uh, you know, Nitro and Raw were running every single week. Two or three times a year, Clash of the Champions would happen and it would be a pay-per-view on television. So it would be this big event. So I don't know what that's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be some sort of the champions of Raw take on the champions of SmackDown. So they can cross paths at the cross-brand events. But no, in reality, I think they have to be on the same. You know, you. I would like to see a WWE Network show similar to the Edge and Christian show that is just the two of them. And they can continue to kayfabe hate each other. But their commentary, I don't know if you watched the main event, Ambrose and Jericho from Raw, but the two of them were on commentary, and it was hilarious. Uh, I'm going to make a confession right here. You didn't watch any of Raw. I watched, I think, the first 30 minutes. Okay. And that is it. And we can talk about why that is. Um, I don't know if now is the appropriate time or not. Um, are we done with the current sort of... Spec- yeah, okay, we're just going to move on. Okay, so here's the thing, DC. Um, I have had a lot of trouble being interested in the product recently, and I've been able to narrow it down uh, to why. Um, so after the last pay-per-view, it was we knew Money in the Bank was coming up. And then they did all, basically, of the qualifying matches for Money in the Bank inside of a week. And now, 
all we're watching are the same six guys fighting each other week after week in different combinations with no purpose, not advancing any sort of storyline, because there is no storyline for Money in the Bank. It's there's six of us in here, and the one of us that wins this briefcase gets a title shot at any time, so I would really like to win it. Um, That's the story, right? So there is no real story to tell with these guys. Wouldn't you just... So isn't the intrigue for Money in the Bank about who is going to participate in this event? Isn't the intrigue... Shouldn't they... Shouldn't they take that month of time between the last event and Money in the Bank and have the qualifying matches a little more spread out, make those into a big deal, so right up until the last minute, you don't really necessarily know exactly who's going to be in this match, and and maybe those people are going to have to adapt on the fly to a last-minute addition to this match they weren't anticipating, they weren't able to prepare for. Like, isn't that the compelling story, potentially, of Money in the Bank? Having six guys who have real no, no, no feud with each other just constantly being at each other's throats for three weeks in a row is not compelling television. Yes, they're all capable performers. Yes, they gave, you know, an entertaining um, promo at the start of Raw last week. And I'm sure whatever they did this week was great, or fine, or whatever. But I, 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 I went to bed early on Monday, and I said to myself, I have no reason to sit down on the DVR and watch this show. There's no reason to see this. I don't care about Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose is an afterthought. And Money in the Bank, again, they set it up weeks ago. Now all we're waiting for is the match and the payoff for whoever they decide to go with. Like, there's nothing left to be... There's nothing left to be told in that <coughs> story. What, why is that on television? Or at least to me. That's my thoughts. Um, well, in watching- tell, me, tell, tell, tell me why I'm wrong. Make me be positive about this product. Okay. The reason that they did this, twofold. Number one, your Intercontinental Champion went to make a movie. And so they've got to live without the Miz. And so, they, so, they are writers for this company who could come up with any reason in the world for him not to be champion when they know he's going to go film a movie yes, for their company. But right now, you have your mid major mid-card storyline is about the briefcase. If you go back and watch Money in the Bank matches, your Intercontinental and US Champion are most likely in it. It is a mid-card storyline. So having a mid-card champion not there is perfect timing. And also, you said these people these People have no reason to be feuding with each other, and I take issue with that. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn both qualified. The two of them have a huge yeah, history. But nothing about Money in the Bank is furthering that. They no. have history. I'm not going to deny But they're that. making it out to be the biggest Money in the Bank match ever, and the, reason, the way that they're choosing to do that is by putting these six people in and having them continue. Ambrose and Jericho have feuds. Cesaro and Del Rio don't get along. Cesaro and Zayn had a problem in NXT. They had a match on Raw. Cesaro and Owens don't like each other. Cesaro and, you know, and there's all of the Ambrose and Owens yeah, feuded over the right. Intercontinental There's title. all that history, but what is the current feud doing to develop any of that? It's developing interest and intrigue in the match and whoever wins. I would say... Well, I disagree with that premise. I would because say... Because I am less interested now than I was three weeks ago. But go ahead. As but you saying. haven't watched... So you're going Only with... Only this week. Only this week. But you... I watched the rest of it. Okay. 
So you're saying that all of this stuff, the promo on the ladder, the entertaining matches that they've had, now you've said that the matches matter less to you than the actual storyline. And I will agree, there is not anything new that has been added to the storyline here. I have been waiting week after week after week for the lights to go out, the lights come back on, and Bray Wyatt takes all six of them out, and he's the last entrant. I was hoping that would happen. I also know, having watched a bunch of Money in the Bank matches, that there usually is a last-chance battle royal, so all of the people who lost the qualifying matches wrestle, usually the week before, and whoever wins that gets Did added. Did they do a- that? No. Yeah. No, it's still the same six guys. And I agree with you in the fact that it's not doing anything to build that, but after Money in the Bank, this all goes away. It's kind of hard to build when after this match, it's not like whoever right. has the tight ty- whoever gets the briefcase has to defend it against these people. Right. But and, and again, I mean this is only one part of the show. So like but that's my other problem right now. Well I'm a little negative on the product, but I warned you at the beginning of the show. I don't care about what's happening with the women's title right now. That's fine. Well nothing is happening with the women's title, which well, is part correct. of the problem. I, I agree don't with care you. what's going on I, with the main event. I don't care about Roman Reigns. I don't. There's nothing you could do that will make me care about Roman Reigns anymore. I would suggest... I would suggest... And this has nothing to do with Roman Reigns. But I would suggest... Going back... If you have it DVR'd or find it somewhere... Watch the Ambrose Asylum segment... From Raw. It doesn't necessarily make you more interested in Roman Reigns... But I would guess it would make you slightly more interested in the main event picture because they added a little wrinkle with Dean Ambrose being in there and you know we kind of got the first real shield triple threat tease which was nice now i think your problem is it's not the build it's the inevitability of the result and we're kind of moving into our predictions here but you believe i'm guessing that there is no way Roman Reigns leaves wherever Money in the Bank is happening without his world title. I'm... So I guess I'm, I'm asking I'm, you to I'm predict the convinced. main event first. No, I'm not, I'm not even convinced of that. I will not say 100% guarantee Roman Reigns walks out of there with the title. I'm going to say it's a 50% guarantee. Either one of them could leave with the title and it doesn't change anything about the next four months of what we're going to watch. So it's everything like between you said, now and SummerSlam is set for that main event scene. So what regardless the, of who's holding that belt. So what are the main? So are you saying the main event matches are already decided? It's going to be Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the next several months. Maybe Dean Ambrose gets thrown in there too. I don't know, but it's going to be that for at least the next three months. So is your problem? Not necessarily with Roman Reigns, <clears throat> but with the. My problem is I don't long like term, Roman Reigns, long term... and I also don't like Seth Rollins. I'm not invested in either guy. There's nothing for me here. There's less for me here than in the inevitable matchup between Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. I knew since AJ Styles came to the company at the Royal Rumble that their paths were going to cross and that AJ would lose cleanly to Roman Reigns. But at least I really like AJ Styles. I don't have that going for me with Seth Rollins. But again, this is even beyond that. You're talking about the idea that wrestling writing right now 
happens in these best of matches. Like this is not going to be a one-off feud. If Monday It'd night, be great if it was. If Monday night, Roman Reigns starts a feud with somebody else, Seth Rollins starts a feud with somebody else. All of a sudden, for some reason, it's Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I think more likely they'll feud. The draft will happen. And whatever that major feud is, it's going to be all dramatic that the two of them going to end up on different brands. Um, that's my guess. But I'm saying, if you were, if this ended on Monday, if this feud ended on Monday and they both went into more enjoyable ways, would your opinion change? You still don't. You still necessarily wouldn't care about Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, but at least they'd be fighting other people you might care about more. Sure, maybe, might. Um... Yeah, I guess. I yeah. don't know. If all of a sudden the battleground, which I believe is the July uh, paper uh, Honestly, I don't know if that's really true, though. Because, like, you could put Randy Orton in a match against anybody, and I wouldn't care. I And I think I feel very similarly about Seth Rollins. I don't think there's anybody he could face that would make me care. All right, then let's play another game. The game is called Care or Not Care. I name a superstar. You say whether or not you care about them or not. Roman Reigns. No. Don't care. Seth Rollins. Don't care. Dean Ambrose. Don't care. Yeah, that's changed, hasn't it? But they have buried him so deeply um, since WrestleMania that I I no longer care about Dean Ambrose. Okay. Watch the Ambrose Asylum. Your opinion might not change, but watch it anyways. Uh, John Cena. An inkling of caring. Watch that contract signing, too. That was good. Uh, you want to talk storyline development and such. Watch that. AJ Styles. I care. Kevin Owens, obviously. Care. Sami Zayn. Care. The Usos. Don't care. Just thought I'd throw that in there, see if you're paying attention. The Club, Gallows and Anderson. Mostly don't care. Rusev. Mostly don't care. Darren Young and Bob Backlund. Don't care. Baron Corbin. Don't care. Alberto Del Rio. Don't care. Cesaro. Inkling of caring. The problem with him is I don't think he's ever going to accomplish anything in this company. I like him a lot, but I think his spot is his spot. So what I'm hearing here is the vast majority of these talents... They have a severe perception problem. That they have fostered through their writing. And I'm guessing that increasing a draft and potentially more screen time isn't necessarily going to change your opinion. It might if they actually split the brands, split the performers, and actually have to give the ball to some people who they're less comfortable with and let them run with it. Um, You know, potentially... That could be good for everyone all around, mm-hmm. potentially. The one thing I will say, <clears throat> and this is perhaps me promoting positivity a little too much, the last few weeks have shown me that WWE seems more willing to give the talent the microphone and not to say, you're going to say exactly this, you're going to do that. That promo on the ladders, fairly off the cuff. John Cena and AJ Styles. They they were saying things that I don't know how much 
WWE really wanted them to say. You know, they towed the company line enough, but there was a little bit of reality and, dare I say, attitude to those promos. Um, The Ambrose Asylum segment, maybe not so much, but just seeing those three guys in the ring together was nice. I am so confused about Seth Rollins. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Now, um, now here's my question. You've sh- you've made excellent points on a number of things, and you've shown, and I'm not faulting you for this. You've shown that, by and large, you are apathetic to say the least about at least half, if not a majority, of this product. Would you disagree with any of that? I suppose not. Would any of that make you inclined to not continue paying $9.99 a month for the network? Well, I already canceled once. If I wasn't part of this podcast, DC... That's if my, I wasn't. That's my question. And my question is because... You know, people are talking about the quality of the writing, the quality of the writing, this, that, this, that. And I the get The quality that. of NXT. One of the few things that I would, a few months ago, would have said, oh, that's keeping me on the network in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Never mind the pay-per-views. I have not been that impressed with NXT as of late either. Mm-hmm. And I think you're helping to make my point here. The point I'm trying to make is it's nine ninety nine a month. I started watching because it became nine ninety nine a month. If I was still having to shell out forty or fifty or sixty dollars for pay per views, I would not be watching wrestling, and yeah. probably neither would you. Mm-hmm. But for ten dollars a month, I'm okay with a perhaps we could call it substandard quality of wrestling. And I don't necessarily know. You know, I'm finding enough to enjoy about it that I'm not. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure to the audience I must come across as bipolar. I mean, coming off of WrestleMania, I was so high on this product, they could do no wrong. But, that's but it expect- just seems like they took all the good that they had rolling for them, all of it, and they put it right back into the palms of the hands of Stephanie McMahon, mm-hmm. and it's just been... But that's, that's the expectations game. Shane McMahon takes over Raw, all of a sudden, we're talking about a new era, all of a sudden we're expecting... New. We're expecting, all right, everything's going to be different. Nothing's going to be the same. I don't know that that's the case. You know, I think some things are different, and I think some things are better. New Day and Enzo and Cass had a nice little moment there. The Usos aren't challenging for the tag team titles. Big Show and Kane have been sporadic. They've been on TV once since the new era started each. I like both of them. I like both of them too, but at the same time, judicious use of these kinds of characters is good. If Kane was on TV all of the time, doing not necessarily the corporate Kane kind of things that we've come to love, if Big Show was on there wrestling, you know, beating up Enzo or doing all of that kind of stuff, we don't necessarily would, you know, so there are things about it that I see as changes for the better, but at the same time, just like you talked about with NXT, that was not an end of anything. NXT no. starts in eight minutes. So does Lucha Underground. So bait and switch, bait and switch. You know, and it's it's gonna it's getting to the point where it's frustrating, but it's not frustrating enough to anyone. I don't think 
that they're going to stop paying $10 a month to watch. They're still going to continue to watch because it's easy and cheap to do, but they're not necessarily going to be thrilled with it. And WWE seems, seems to be content with that for now. And hey, the draft could change everything. Again, that's putting a lot of hopes on something, which tends to be what gets us into trouble, but it could. The draft could be different, and all of a sudden, you know, things are different. I mean, and that's the other part of it. Like, I am very down on the idea of the draft. I know what it was like in the last brand split. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm being overly pessimistic because of my experiences from then. Uh, Maybe I'll find that those are unwarranted, and both shows will Mm -hmm. be fantastic. And like I said, maybe they'll split the rosters, and some of these... Maybe Zack Ryder will get a mid-card title, because there's room for Zack Ryder on the roster again. Maybe. Um, And maybe I'll love that. Hard to say, but... If this results, if the brand split results in Tyler Breeze and Fandango winning tag team titles, it's a net victory for me. If Bo Dallas shows up on my television again, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Bray Wyatt... Whatever happened to the Sulster Outcasts? Adam Rose have happened. We, oh. Have we seen any of the other ones? They were on TV for a while, and then they the new era happened, and they've been... They came out, I think, once to challenge the New Day, and that was it. Yeah. Which is sad. All right. Eh, you know. All right. But I, th- I think there are reasons to be positive, but I also think this is one of those situations where those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I worry that we're going to be in the situation. Now, this will be my first time living through the brand split. I'm just going to say it again. All the same people who were in charge of making the decisions last time are still in charge of this company. We'll see. How How often can you point to examples of Vince McMahon learning from his mistakes and adapting or how many examples can you point now think about how many examples you can point to of Vince McMahon charging forward because he believes that his opinion is correct you're not wrong that's all I can say about that Um, you know we're an hour in on this predictions and production show and I'm not sure we've made one prediction production yet um All right, well, hold on. Let's get ready. Yeah. Drum roll, please. Was that a drum roll? Because I couldn't really hear the snare that well. Oh, that's definitely not a drum. Thanks. (laughs) All right. We're putting that down. Um, Okay, so... Yes, I'm not... Let's go back to the main event. I want your prediction. I'm not even going to make you... No, let's do this. Let's do this. No, but I usually have you name the matches. I'm not going to make you do that because you haven't been watching as religiously. I only didn't watch this week. It was only this week I didn't watch. All right. You want – I wrote Reigns versus Rusev. That's how much I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you really care I would love to watch too, that match. You? Come on. Reigns versus Rusev would be great. Um, yeah, I'd love to see. What do I think is going to happen? Flushed. The conspiracy theorist in myself – I'm going to ignore that. The conspiracy theorist in myself wants to say, just like I said – uh, last month for Extreme Rules that there's going to be some sort of weird dual finish which then sets up two world champions 
because then you have Rollins has claim to one title, Reigns has claim to one title, Shane sides with one, Stephanie sides with one, that becomes their first draft pick and we're off to the races. But I'm not going to do that because most of the time those kinds of things never happen. I'm going to go ahead and say Reigns wins because if only because Rollins pinned Reigns at WrestleMania, so in some weird WWE Wrestle Logic way, Rollins owes Reigns, so Rollins will lose cleanly to Reigns here. So I predict Reigns wins, and I'm not opposed I, to that. I predict the same. Um, question for you. Since yes. there is a brand split coming up, and they still have not defined what that means for main event championships, um, do you think, to uncomplicate things, they would want the Money in the Bank winner to cash in before the draft, and therefore... Would it be a good idea to have them cash in right at the pay-per-view this weekend? Well, I hate to spoil it, but that's what Dean Ambrose alludes to. You know, Dean Ambrose had a pretty nice moment there on Raw where he's interviewing Rollins, he's interviewing Reigns, and then at one point he says, but what happens when I win money in the bank and I cash in either on you or on you, then... You know, Rollins tries to push Ambrose into Roman. Did he actually say that? Yes. Okay, so there's a zero percent. Well, yes, uh, yes. Following the logic of how the Raw before the Go Home Show works, but Raw also, you know, and I still think not to give. Well, I will give it away because I've been saying it for weeks now. Kevin Owens is winning Money in the Bank. He is. He is winning Money in the Bank. Dean Ambrose has a shot now, but Kevin Owens is winning Money in the Bank, and I, I. Deeply, deeply hope that Kevin Owens wins Money in the Bank. However, there's a however coming. There is no however. Really? Is that your prediction? That's your hope. You know, that's what you want to happen. What do you think will happen? I think they have no idea how to use Dean Ambrose, and they do want to insert him into this title picture. But I also know that they have no idea how to use Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose will not reach the success people want him to until he turns heel. Yeah. You eat your brownie there. I will. Okay. Yeah. Heel Dean Ambrose could be world champion. This sort of face Dean Ambrose, Hey, I'm a lunatic. Look at me. I'm crazy. He's just goofy. And I like it. It's entertaining. But, and again, the segment from Raw moved him away from Goofy. And again, it's he's not going to win, but he stood tall. He hit Reigns with dirty deeds. DC. Dean Ambrose hit Roman Reigns with dirty deeds. I don't care. Okay. Um, can I ask you a question? Always. For many, many moons, I have sung the praises of Dean Ambrose. I love... Goofy Dean Ambrose. I love the hot dog cart incident of 2014 now. 14. Um, yeah, so I used to think pretty highly of him. I thought he was pretty capable in the ring. He was pretty entertaining on the microphone. And, you know, these last few months, I think maybe even slightly before WrestleMania, but certainly through WrestleMania, and through the feud with Jericho, I'm sort of coming to the conclusion that... As an in-ring performer, I could not care less about Dean Ambrose. Is there something wrong with his in-ring abilities? Or is he just not 
being utilized somehow. What what is going on that he is consistently part of the most disappointing matches to appear on cards? Well, here's what I think. Dean Ambrose... And I say disappointing uh, with meaning. uh, Meaning that my expectations for the match are high, and they come in... Well, and that's that's part of it. That's part of it. I was on these airwaves predicting that Dean Ambrose was going to be the MVP of WrestleMania, and he was going to have his career-defining moment against Brock Lesnar, and none of that happened. Not even close. However, getting to his in-ring work, Dean Ambrose, from what I've seen of him on the network... Uh, on TV now is a very talented wrestler. Actually, technically, quite sound. I remember when he was as part of the Shield and he was the U.S. Yes. champion. He would dismantle people. Like yes. he would attack. That's a what limb. I'm saying. And then highly technical. And then what happened is he became the lunatic fringe, and somebody, maybe it was Dean, maybe it was somebody in the back. Somebody said, your offense needs to be lunatic fringy. You've got to bounce off the turnbuckle. You've got to do the rope rebound whoop-de-doo sort of thing. You have to use your body as a weapon. And he got rid of all of the stuff that made him exciting to watch as part of the shield. So He got rid of all the stuff that made him look like he was dangerous. Yes, that's why I'm saying, if he turned heel and went back to, I'm a lunatic, but in a different way. I'm not the goofy kind of lunatic. I'm in the, I might break your arm. Like, legitimately break your arm. I've got three or four different submission holds that I'll use to potentially break your arm, and I won't care if I do. Like, we need villain Dean Ambrose. Villain Dean Ambrose is world championship material. Goofy lunatic Dean Ambrose is not. And I think that's what's changed. Because we're in this era where they say, oh, people want shades of gray. We can't have Seth Rollins just be a heel. That's why we have this whole hour-long network documentary painting him in a positive light. No, I need a heel in my main event. And if Dean Ambrose could be that heel right now, that would do a lot to make me interested there. Because right now, I don't know who I'm supposed to care about because I don't actually care about either of the performers. Mm -hmm. So give me a storyline reason to know who to be rooting for. Although I suppose even if he was evil, I would be rooting for Dean Ambrose. Well, and that's fine because he would be playing, you know, I think... But I need more shades of... there's two. The shades of gray right now just run into each other. I need more contrast. Mm-hmm. I need. I need something. <clears throat> well, and in a perfect world, there would be. I think in a perfect world, Ambrose is your chaotic evil. Seth Rollins is your lawful good, to use D and D terms, and you let Roman Reigns be the shade of gray. Let Seth Rollins be hugely over and cheered. Let Dean Ambrose be lunatic in all the best ways, and a heel and let Roman Reigns kind of toe the line in the middle because you know fans are going to boo him no matter what he does but if he goes the heel route I don't know that that makes things better for him necessarily because as you said it's been too long yeah I mean Dean Ambrose I mean he could be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin like he could get away with that that level of goofiness that that raucousness, you know what yes. I mean? Like, but for some reason they just 
They just keep him well, and before goofy and ineffectual. But before, well, and, and a couple of things here, and we'll get back to the predictions. Um, two things before Seth Seth Rollins, before Steve Austin became hit you with a bedpan, spray you with the beer truck. He was a bad guy who did bad things and eventually got over because of that with that King of the Ring promo. Eventually people were like, we we have to love this guy. He earned it. Yes. Dean Ambrose, shield work was great, but that's part of a team. Since yeah. the, the, that shield has broken up, he's had a couple of great moments. He references coming out of the birthday gift in this Ambrose Asylum promo. That was great. Coming out of the birthday gift because he was... He was not lunatic goofy. Hey, I got a potted plant over here who's part of my, you know, set. It's, I'm going to hide in the trunk of a car and wait for you, and then I'm going to hurt you. Yes, that was awesome. That was the Dean Ambrose we liked. When he came down with the hot dog cart, he was still trying to hurt you. Like, it was, you know, that was okay. It was all part of that. Yes. There were shades of goofiness, but it was also more serious. This This is goofy with a shade of seriousness that we saw during the segment I keep talking about, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, are you saying Ambrose, though? Because we could talk about this all night. No, Kevin Owens. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the pre-show. Um, can I get a prediction, please, on... Let's see here. It's um, no. Dolph Ziggler no. versus Baron Corbin. I'm not going to watch it, so it doesn't exist, and I'm not going to product it. Will you product the second pre-show match, which is Apollo Crews versus Sheamus? I'll give it to Apollo Crews because, God, they've got to do something with him, don't they? I'm interested in this match because Sheamus, for all of his faults, usually can. He's one of those guys. You want to talk about Stephanie McMahon saying that her job is to get guys over. Sheamus will do his job and help get Apollo Crews over. The problem is, as people have talked about on Twitter, um, Apollo Crews's ring work is not what needs to get over. You're right. You know, he attacked, I, did he attack Seamus? I think he maybe tried to attack, I can't remember, which is sad and telling. But Apollo Cruz's problem is not his in-ring work. Having said that, the match will be very good. Have Baron Corbin or Dolph Ziggler been on television? Because uh, I don't watch SmackDown, so I mean, I mean, I don't know, but have they been The last Raw? time I remember seeing them was when... Ziggler had the headgear and kicked Baron Corbin in the place men don't want to be kicked. And that was okay. two weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay. How quickly I forget. I don't believe they were on Raw. They were on SmackDown this week. But I don't believe they were on Raw. Alright. Alright. Great. Um, I'll go ahead and say Corbin wins that one. You don't have to predict. It's fine. You're abstaining. That's fine. Uh, let's talk. No about, matter who wins, we lose. So let's talk about the women's tag match. Actually, let's not just talk about it. Just tell me who you think wins, and let's move on, please. Charlotte, you think so? Ugh. I say the faces win because it's not for the title, and the faces gotta win sometime. So when it's a tag match and it's not for the title, Becky and Natalia win. It just seems so silly that they'd be breaking up Charlotte and Dana. I don't necessarily think they'll be breaking them up. That's what I'd like to have. What I'd hope to have happen would be they. They kind of added that stipulation, didn't they? I thought. 
I thought I had seen something somewhere that she said if it happens on Sunday, we're done. I would love nothing more than to see that and to actually have Charlotte be on her own defending this title would be nice. Let's get back to making the women's title a priority, which it hasn't been perhaps since WrestleMania. All right. Um, Are we saying that um, Natalia killed the women's title picture? No, Ric Flair killed the women's title picture. Well, I mean, Ric Flair was there at WrestleMania, and it was fine then. Ric Flair coming in. The fact that Charlotte could not win on her own. No one was really caring about immediately after WrestleMania when Charlotte was feuding with Becky Lynch, right? I don't think Natalia killed it. I thought Natalia did fine trying to, you know, the matches that she and Charlotte had were good. It was the fact that Ric Flair kept cheating over and over and over. I don't know. I think I'm going to blame it specifically on the moment where they did the Montreal screw job ending again. But that's not Natalia, that that's not Natalia's fault. Well, it's blame not Charles fault, blame but... Charles Robinson if you're going to blame somebody. Blame well, Little I'm going to blame Natalia only because they never would have done that if she wasn't a heart. Then blame Bret Hart. I will I will blame Bret Hart. Bret screwed us. Thank you. All right, that's fine. Just don't don't blame Natalia. She didn't do anything. She's took advantage of an opportunity and she's a relevant part of the women's division which I appreciate. That's my promoting positivity. I appreciate that Natalia's there at all. She could be in NXT as a challenger for Asuka. However, that match would be good. Asuka to Natalia. Way better than that crap they had us watch at NXT TakeOver the end. Alright. Uh, US title match. Rusev versus Titus O'Neil. I had hoped Titus would have been injured during this attack, but apparently he's fine as of SmackDown. So Rusev versus Titus O'Neil. What say you, Doc Manson? Rusev. I agree. I agree. I agree. Just another. Titus is back from suspension, but he has not been forgiven. Well, and he's been given a you know a title match, so that's at least something. But he won't win. Yeah. No. He, won't. he got beaten down on Monday, mm-hmm. and uh, this will just continue burying him. Did you enjoy New Day and? Uh, Enzo and Cass since you watched the first 30 minutes of Raw and that was all the tag team scene you don't even remember oh yeah they were talking about Francesca they were talking about the shoes they were his lady or something I'm the only one that puts my lips on yeah whatever it was the shoe thing was funny yeah I appreciated the shoe bit because there was also a part during that match where Kofi did I think he got like a he got like suplexed and he landed on his feet. Yeah, and, they, and he gestured to the shoes. Yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah, I liked that. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my preaching positivity for this good. week. I'm, uh, that moment with Kofi Kingston gesturing to his shoes. Uh, it was a good moment. I don't mean to take anything away from it. That was, but yes, all right. So tag match, Fatal Four Way, Vaude Villains, Gallows and Anderson, uh, Enzo and Cass, and New Day. I'm going ahead because it always seems like I'm copying you since our predictions are almost always the same. I'm going ahead and saying Gallows and Anderson win the tag titles. I believe that's what I said last week, and I think I stick to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't see a title changing hands here. Usually, you know, there's one title that changes hands, but I don't think so. Well, the women's title's not even on one. No, and neither is the Intercontinental title. The briefcase is the belt that will be changing hands. It will change hands from the carabiner's hand to whoever wins it. Well, I mean, but you do see the tag titles changing hands. Oh, yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, because we just talked about that. (laughs) In your head, they were already champions. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of where I am, too. I, I mean, I can, school's I can out, Doc see Manson. them. School's out, Doc Manson. I don't have to think anymore until August 29th. <laughs> I mean, I can easily see yeah. Doc and um, Luke. What? Luke Gallows and Carl yeah, Anderson. Whatever. Doc Gallows, Carlos Anderson. Whatever. I can Lince, see them not winning. Lince Dorado. It's Lince Dorado. Lince Doritos. You will understand that when you want, listen to our NAI Network exclusive. Or, Which comes out the day after this one. Or <laughs> if you're a fan of wrestler Lince Dorado. <laughs> Absolutely. But yes, I do think the tag team titles are changing hands. What was that? A private earful? <laughs> a private earful with Lince Dorado. Uh, now, that's a tease. You have to wait till Saturday to find out what in God's name we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Gallows and Anderson win. Uh, what if New Day leave as champions? The only reason I'd be okay with that is so that they set the... Because they're coming close to setting the record for longest consecutive reign. And they are kind of the premier tag team of this decade, I would say. So I'm okay with that, but at the same time, as I've said before, they're no longer doing anything for those belts. No, they're not. And they have not in some time. Yeah. And I am enjoying what they're doing, but the tag t- the Enzo and Cass and New Day segment would have been exactly the same if you took the belts off of them. Yep. All right, which brings us to the final match of the evening, the match that probably should be main eventing even though it won't. And that is AJ Styles versus John Cena. Hmm. So they've been cutting some excellent promos. A lot of truth seems to, you know, you can tell when wrestlers believe what they're saying in a promo because the passion translates. And so the last So let me guess. Weeks, have, have, have the promos been John Cena saying, I am the best in the company. AJ Styles saying, I am the best in the world. And I know for a fact that he said, and, you know, you're the type of guy who buries guys like me. You're the reason why I don't get these opportunities. I'm better than you. Um, So with that summation, the only possible outcome is that John Cena wins cleanly, therefore proving true everything that has been discussed, that he is better than than AJ Styles. Um, And the WWE, at all costs, likes to protect their brand, See Sting losing at WrestleMania to Triple H uh, is only one recent example. Therefore, I guess John Cena wins. Let me write that down. And you are going to predict AJ Styles. I am. Uh, I, I sure hope so. I probably would have predicted Cena had I new, gone first. But if this is a new era, if this is truly a new era then maybe AJ Styles will win. Well, but the problem is, in the old era, Kevin Owens beat John Cena. Rusev beat John Cena. Other but pe- Kevin Owens did not come here saying, I am the best in the world, look at all this other stuff I did. No. He came to the main roster saying, look, I am the NXT yes. champion. I, I was made by this company. If you're going to ask me who wins the feud overall, John Cena. Yeah. For that very reason. Mr. WWE. So maybe AJ Styles wins the first one and then their best of four series. Don't change John Cena your mind. wins. John Cena wins no, two, three, You predicted and four. John Cena and I'm throwing the pen away here. Okay. All right. That's fine. But that's what you're saying. And, you know, there, there is... 
given what they like to do with John Cena, um, you're right. The only way they could really continue... Well, I mean, they continue the feud either way, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you're right. That makes perfect sense. Let AJ get the first one and then have John Cena bury him from now until eternity. Um, yeah, they could do that too. That'd be a great storyline for the next four months. Can't wait. All right, let's not get crazy with the buried for eternity business. But I do think that if Whatever. this if this goes multiple matches, I do think Cena comes out on top. But having said that, what you you know, if you don't catch the promo, um, he talks about you know, yes, you may have won titles everywhere: PWG, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Not mentioning TNA, of course, but of course uh, but they want to be able to buy their entire archives for bottom dollar. Um, they're not going to give them any publicity now. With I can't wait. Throws. I can't wait for them to buy the archives and put it all on WWE Network, and then I just won't be able to work anymore because I'll just be watching wrestling twenty four seven. That's my big problem with the brand extension is that it's going to cut into my WCW from ninety six time. It and, sure is. All right, Mrs. Uh, Matthews is not going to like that one bit. Anything. This is this is the you know she enjoys that I can pause something. Yeah. Um, and I do think we will have to pause here because we are hitting, getting close to that one thirty mark, and we have made our predictions. And now, between this and the NAI Network show, we're entering close to our third hour. Uh, I do think though we might need to do a pod blast. Third um, hour, or we're you know second uh, hour. We only did like a half hour for the exclusive no. Show. We finished the second hour. We did forty five minutes. We finished the second hour, so we're entering our third hour. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, uh, I do think though we'll need to do a pod blast at some point about the E3 Expo. I haven't talked about E3 at all yet. I so, mean, I watched more E3 this week than I did wrestling. Well, and so again, I think we'll have to do a pod blast. And that's actually that. oh, I guess I watched the first hour of Raw because that's when I turned it off. Uh, Sony's press conference started at nine o'clock. Well, okay, that's, and that's and, and the other reason is Lucha Underground has started. You're missing it. That's okay. I'm DVRing it. All right. And there's some sort of six-person match to determine the number one contender, and two women are in it, which, you know, is fine. So I can't wait to watch. All right. So you've already preached your positivity about Kofi's shoes. That was fantastic. Which is fine. Um, I will go ahead and say, let's see, there's a couple things I could go with. I'll go ahead and say, I've talked about it enough on this show, I probably should mention it. The Ambrose Asylum segment was slow to start, but that ending was great. That ending made me want a triple threat match now. You know, Ambrose got the chance to shine a little bit. He and Reigns went at it, which is the one part of this feud we haven't seen yet. Um, So... I enjoyed that. I recommend watching it if you haven't yet, Doc Manson and the rest of the neighborhood. Uh, It was some decent storytelling, and I don't care that the writing's on the wall necessarily. I was enjoying it. All right, then. We are DDT Wrestling. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Uh, Joined, as always, by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I invite you to subscribe to our feed. Subscribe to the NAI Network feed. Uh, enjoy the podcast by some others. You know we're supposed to get a T-shirt. We need to. We need a logo there, Doc. Oh, well, we, you, I whipped one up. You but did, I can... but I and, and I was told by a, a source I trust that for your first T-shirt, we should go with as close to our podcast logo as possible. 
And by podcast logo, do you mean the cover image the cover- that has the full shebang or just the DDT wrestling? I think thing? probably just the DDT wrestling, but you know, just the, the logo with the fo- the title with the font as close to it, so that way if people see it and then go looking for it, they recognize us because our shirts are going to travel the world. My mom's going to buy one for all of her pen pals in all of the foreign countries. I think that we should probably put our Twitter handles on there. I think we should do that as well. So I okay. liked I liked the logo you came up with. It was kind of you know it was that goofy kind of lunatic. So <laughs> once we you know once we sell a bunch and get to come up with some other shirts besides private earful with Lidsterado, which I believe will need to be a shirt and a dockside if you, shirt. If, if you request, I don't know who's in charge of the NAI network, but can you request that that be our episode title? For our exclusive pod, Numero Uno, is that a thing that they do? I, I'm assuming that Jason and the gang will want us to have a title that stays the same week after week. But again, our on that network exclusive, we ask the neighborhood uh, to use a selection of hashtags uh, about what they want. Should we repeat the hashtags now so people have more of a chance to use them, or should we wait? Oh, uh, until- they won't have any idea what we're talking about unless they listen to that whole thing. All right, that's probably true. So listen to the NAI Network show on Saturday, and you'll hear some... It's op- only a half hour. You'll hear some options of what we might want to do, and we give you some hashtags at the end for you to use to express yourselves, to be heard, if you Don't will. worry, there's only like 11 or 12 hashtags. We keep, com- easy to, we keep to- coming up with more. We keep coming up with more. Um, easy to just get in there. So, so yes. So what were we talking about? Oh, can can we request... I would like that to be the title, and I will talk. I will honestly talk to Jason Maltov about it, because... DDT presents The Private Earful. With Lince Dorado. <laughs> We might get sued by him because that's an actual yeah. wrestler. Yeah, so we so might have maybe to we skip say, that part. We, no, we'll just say with Lance Doritos. <laughs> oh, wait, Man. Doritos is a thing, too. <laughs> I don't know. Lance Durango? That's also a thing. <laughs> Darn it. Yep. All right. But anyways, uh, Doc Manson, anything final you would like to say before we head out? Leave us a review on iTunes. Review on iTunes, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, I sure would appreciate it. Neighborhood besties. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Any final words before we get out into that good night? Not a one. All right. Then that means we're done. Well, I guess that was three. That's Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. We'll see you around the neighborhood.